What up? This is Myron, and you are listening to the Rye Bread and Mustard, a Mariners podcast, the alternative underground back alley. On the other side of the tracks, down on the dock, speak easy, dive bar style podcast up and about the Seattle Mariners that you are listening to on the Odyssey app on Odyssey Sports, or wherever else you're getting that podcast action from. We're not going to judge. We accept all forms of downloading, liking, subscribing. If you are going to say hello, we're always down with those five-star reviews. You know what? We like those five-tool baseball players on this Rye Bread Mustard and Mariners podcast, but you know what? We like more than that, those five-star reviews. So if you feel so inclined, hit us with that five-star review. And again, we are on YouTube now, so check us out on YouTube subscribe and like on that so uh we can keep building that knowing that people are there knowing that they want more content you know the more uh subscribers and likers and commenters you get more content that's how it works we are here at murphy's on 45th in seattle that's right we are still here on location in seattle at one of our beloved bars murphy's pub the oldest still still operating Irish pub in all of Seattle. If you're rolling down 45th, it is right on the street of, right on the street corners of 45th and Meridian. Kitty corner from Cheers, right across from CVS. And I think that is a Chase Bank. Anyways, the Mariners have swept the Colorado Rockies. This is our series review. This is uh, maybe one of the most positive, upbeat, Hopefully, episodes we're gonna you are gonna listen to. What's going on, Hannah? We're keeping it positive today, right? I mean, it's the first really like we don't have to talk ourselves into this positive podcast of the Mariners' 2023 season. Yeah, they took care of business. Uh, three game sweep, played well. Pitching was good. Jared Kelnick continued to stay hot and positive. Defense was good. Not too many complaints from old Hanno this weekend. Yeah, just about the how cold it was and rainy it was. I heard a lot of those complaints as we walked into the stadium. Yeah, I'm kind of a Sunday type of relaxed guy. But, yeah, going to the game, it was fun. Thanks for inviting me. A lot of, a lot of kids looking for foul balls in that section we were in. Yeah, it's, it's a, I love the Little League day. It's great when you're a kid, but... Uh, yeah, it was it was pretty cold down there. It was raining sideways. Definitely felt like going to a, a December Seahawks game today. Yeah, the wind was pulling pulling right through the uh, outfield area and where it's open there. And uh, but uh, yeah, cold one today. You know, it, it's one of these things about Mariners baseball. I think that's part of Mariners baseball is the the bad weather in April uh, that is just you know when they talk about tough places to play in sports this has got to be one of them and I'm glad the Mariners take care have taken care of business on this home stand because the only thing that could make it feel worse is them losing yeah absolutely uh, you know their bats were pretty good this series you know the first two games had a couple home runs uh, didn't have one today so we can't blame the marine lair on balls, but uh, not flying out. But yeah, JP looked, he had some good hits for us this weekend. It was good to see him come around as well. Yeah, it was. 
it was good to see the end of the lineup kind of roll over for the top of the lineup this series. Game three today, I mean, the, the biggest story of the game was obviously, you're going to hear this anywhere else, is Luis Castillo's uh, performance. We talked about it going in today with the weather and how shitty everything felt around there. You're like, we need to see an ass-kicking today, Hanno. Well, we didn't see the ass-kicking with the bats, but we saw an ass-kicking from the mound. Yeah, he pitched really well. Um, didn't use... Uh, have to go too deep or he went deep in the game without having to throw so many pitches which was good to see too um what did he have almost double digit strikeouts at least nine so yeah he had a phenomenal game and jared kelnick with a base hit to score tie france a lot closer play than i thought it would be on the on the throw from right field at the on a play at the plate but france got in there and then the only other time that there was danger in the game was up in that eighth inning when Topa was in, gave up that double, and then I uh, got a couple outs, and that then they get lined out to Kelnick down the right field line. He made the diving play, and that's all that mattered, and Seawald closed it out. So not much action, but a, a couple big plays from Jared Kelnick, and like you said, Luis Castillo was fag- fantastic. Yeah, a combined three-hitter in the entire oh, game. Yeah. If, yeah, I had the no-hitter going for a long time during that game. You look at the scoreboard, zeros across the board. No runs. The Mariners win one to nothing. The last time I was in the stadium, the Mariners lost one to nothing in an 18-inning game. So I've, this is, I've only seen, uh, you know, I don't know, one run by the Mariners in person in T-Mobile Park for the last 27 innings. But... On the same side, yeah, I've only seen one run scored against these guys. Yeah, and to remind everybody also, remember last year, all those games you went to in California and up here, how many games in a row you lost being in attendance. So it was good that you got that. We, well, you know, we won today. I, I was about 500 last year, but I will say there was one point where I think I had 33 innings of not seeing a Mariners run. I, I was going... After her shot, Oral Hershiser's record of the most scoreless innings. Uh, yes, I have not seen a lot of offense. I haven't heard. Come on, ride the train. The but last no- time they that's that's how long it's been since I seen a big inning that they were playing. Still playing. Come on, ride the train, and who lets the dogs out? That's how long it's been since I've been in person. Yeah. But I've seen some great pitching and some great defense. And we sure did today. We saw great pitching, and nobody was mentioning the. You know, no hits on the scoreboard. I, I, I mean, I, you and I are paying attention, but we didn't say anything to each other. The World Series, where a pitch is not just a pitch, it's a World Series pitch. Where a hit is not just a hit, it's a World Series hit. A win is not just a win, it's a World Series win. Now you've got a chance to win a trip to the 1984 World Series by entering Major League Baseball's Grand Slam sweepstakes at all Major League ballparks and participating retailers. Baseball fever, catch it. The preceding message was furnished by Major League Baseball. Well, we were talking about there was superb defense in this series. Uh, especially today, when there's a one nothing game, it seems like that defense, and usually it is, a g- people always overlook the defense that goes into one nothing, 2 to 1 games. You don't get those scores without great defense most of the time. No, and 
you know, the defense hasn't been that locked down throughout the beginning of this season. We've seen a couple miscues, and we've talked about it. But, yeah, today was very nice, very solid game. JP made a charging ground ball play. It was really fantastic. You mentioned the one up the middle on the line drive that he caught to squash the inning. And then Kelnick, like I mentioned in the eighth, to squander that guy at second base to that diving grab. Yeah. When you, when you talk about it, yeah, I, I start thinking about, yeah, there was some really good defense today by the Mariners. There was. And we listened to Jared Kelnick on the ride over here to Murphy's on 45th. We listened to the post game, and he was talking about that play and crediting some of that's, of course, yes, where we're positioned. But really, like, hey, he, he, seems, he knows where this ball is going in general, but he knows he's got to beat it to that point and just trying to overrun that spot and just knowing what kind of pitcher's on the mound, you know, like what he says, low stuff, sinker, you know, a right-hander hits it, it's tailing away. And what's impressive about that is he's been playing a lot of left field this year. Today he's in right field because Teoscar Hernandez is DHing, which I know Jerry Depoto and his whole, that's why we rotate everybody around, has got to be filling up his you know his star chart with this nonetheless that that was a that was a an amazing play a game saving play not only does the tying run score in that position you're definitely going to have the winning run or go ahead run on a second it yeah do or die play by Kelnick yeah it was do or die uh, which has got to make you feeling feeling really good cuz here's a you know the president of JK who What's, yeah. mo- what's most impressive about J.K. Uh, during this run and today and just in the last week? Uh, just his confidence, but honestly, his consistency. Yeah. And he also today, he, you got to remember on the stolen base attempt, he's the one who created that run and got, you know, stole second wild throw, head, was heads up enough, and got himself in the scoring position at third base. Jared, this, this week, since Monday, four-game home run streak in the midst of a 10 game hitting streak you add in what he did today with the glove with the hustle with the game winning go ahead rbi he's got to be the al player of the week yeah sure sure does i mean you know my vote's already in but I agree, it is. He and, should be. And this, listen, this podcast is going to be going out Monday morning. They're probably going to, by the time maybe you're getting to this, it's already happened, but we're saying it right here. <laughs> Five o'clock on Sunday night, right in the middle of your Sunday supper. JK has got to have AL Offensive Player of the Week, or however they do it. Uh, hands down. I mean, I'm looking in, in a vacuum right now. Unless there's somebody else that's just absolutely destroying and affecting baseball this week. Yeah. It's it's always been a... You know, this is exactly what Mariner fans are hoping for. A Jared Kelnick playing like this with another... With a Julio Rodriguez in center field and them patrolling the outfield together and having this success and being a couple... You know, Julio's a superstar. J.K.'s had a good couple weeks, and hopefully, you know, he has the kind of season that Julio did last year and turns into a great player. Major League Baseball presents Big League Tips. Here's how to figure an earned run average. 
First of all, take the total number of earned runs that you've allowed, say 20. You divide that by the number of innings that you've pitched, let's say 80. Now that'll give you a figure, 80 into 20, of 0. .250. Now you take 0. .250, multiply that by nine to give you a number of runs per nine inning. It, this would be 2.25. In the ERA of that, you'd be pitching awfully well. Baseball fever, catch it. Major League Baseball. And, but this, but Jared has been holding the flag and holding up the tent, and that, that's great to see. That's a, you couldn't ask for more while these guys are heating up. Yeah. Even Colton Wong had a couple hits this series. Uh, he's still not up to what, you know, Mariner fans expect of him, and he expects of himself. But, yeah, you saw him coming around. I mentioned JP earlier. Had a nice, decent series defensively as well as offensively. Um, so, you know, the only thing that we're kind of unfortunately waiting for and to really pop is still the uh, – DH position, and maybe that's why they changed up the lineup they did today with Tay Oscar at DH and putting AJ Pollock in left field. Yeah, I mean the the depth on this team is, as you've said and and before, you were talking me down a little bit during spring training, and I have to say you're right. And then you don't have Dylan Moore, and then you lose Haggerty. It's getting lighter and lighter on that on that utility spot, uh, and then yes, you, you really haven't figured out the DH. I do feel like right now, given that hey, that's the circumstances. I'm hoping to see more at bats from AJ Pollock to see what we got there with somebody like him. Yeah, interestingly today, you know they're facing the righty. And he was in there and on defense, um, so they didn't. The Mariners didn't use their kind of lefty or right-handed heavy lineup versus a lefty and lefty-handed heavy-handed lineup versus a righty. So, you know, they're they've had probably a different lineup almost every game this year. So um, they're always tinkering, but you know, a lot of people I was reading. To, today kind of felt that this was the best lineup the Mariners have put out this year. And I love, you mentioned, it didn't feel so, we're going lefty-righty by the numbers. You'd have seen Murphy in there today. You would have seen maybe a Hummel, whatever. It just, today it seemed like, hey, they're going after the sweep. They got their best lineup out there. You got your best, maybe having your best pitcher, maybe the best pitcher in the league out there on the mound kind of helps you make that decision of going, all right, well, what's, what's the Rock going to let, let up today? One, two runs? No, he didn't give up shit. So maybe that has a lot of factor, or that puts a lot of faith, I guess, into maybe just going with what your heart and your eyes see versus the spreadsheet. Yeah. I mean, even though that lineup was put out there and – People thought it was the best lineup. They still struggled against the guy making his major league debut for the Rockies, and it just seems that's just kind of the way it goes for Mariner baseball. Um, guys making their debuts, they haven't seen them, not much of a Skyrim's port, and the M's kind of struggle to get going, and they did again today in Luis Castillo's start, but luckily he was outstanding going as long as he did, and you know, us being able to sneak out that one-run victory one to nothing and win the series and sweep them so uh 
another test coming up. We've now finished off our second uh, straight National League team series, and we will have three more to go before we move back on to uh, the road trip. That is right, and we'll get into the Milwaukee Brewers here in a second, and we're going to talk about one of the most polarizing <laughs> characters ever on the Rye Bread and Mustard Mariners podcast, one Jesse Winker. Uh, what have you seen out of Winker so far? Um, he started the season pretty good. Uh, you know, hot start for him. Um, and then I haven't followed him as much, but just reading up on him. Um, then he missed some games with COVID, I was told, and then came back and then um, was out of the lineup again today. So it's hard to speculate if something else is going on or if it was just a day off or what. I'm sure Jesse will be more than ready for all kinds of reaction once he comes back to Seattle for this first time back since being traded. Yeah, he's he's played in nine games so far. He's got 30 at-bats. He's hitting 300. He's got nine hits. Three of those are doubles. No home runs, nine RBIs. You know, he's got, a uh, what, three walks here. Uh, you know, his, his OPS is 789. It's, it's not bad. That's a... Probably the best stretch, uh, minus the home runs, <laughs> he had yeah. in nine games for us. And for I've, what I've read was he's also been their DH and not playing much of the field. So they saw what they uh, saw in Jesse Winker last year, I'm sure, and um, are using him in a better role, which is just DHing. Yeah, but speaking of Winker, again, uh, a lot, if you want to – catch up or you don't understand what the winker thing is basically uh we acquired him last year in a big trade with suarez where he was the main piece uh he didn't perform well seemed to not ever really get out of the starting blocks uh kind of regained some confidence from mariners and mariners fans during the brawl in anaheim where a fan ordered him a pizza, basically got a standing ovation when they came back from the fight. And then after that, just did not perform. It seemed like at times didn't give a full effort. Um, then there was stories in the off season. There was an article that came out. We don't know which names, but we can kind of figure it out. Um, has there? I know that Jesse Winker talked once earlier in the off season about it briefly, but. Well, can you catch the people that may want to catch up on this tea? What's going on? Yeah, he was asked um, because they're, like you mentioned, finishing his series down in San Diego. He was asked uh, during this weekend series if he had any hesitation about going back to Seattle because of the circumstances that you mentioned. And he said, yeah, it's a very fair question. Hesitation, no. Not hesitation. But he said, uh, um He's ready to go back there and help the Brewers win a series. The fact that uh, that that's all that really matters to him, you know. He hasn't spoken to anybody in the Mariners organization to share his side of things. But he said, uh, how I behaved, I have to take accountability for that. And I do. I didn't handle things right. I let my personal life bleed in my work life as a baseball player and as a person. Really, that's what you have to be able to control, and I didn't. So... 
I'm learning better outlets. So he, he realizes yeah. how things transpired for him, you know, and gets, from my understanding reading this, you know, understands why people were salty about the way he performed and how he acted. So it was a real thing. It's good to see that he... You know, takes accountability and yeah. move on. You're getting me to change my tone and my 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 no, outlook. I'm just gonna boo the hell out. Yeah, of you. well, uh, maybe once. Supercross this weekend in the Kingdom, the Coors Beer Supercross doubleheader. Get ready, Seattle, this Saturday night at 7:30 and Sunday afternoon at 2. The 1988 AMA Supercross Tour, Motorcycle Media, on an incredible dirt battleground that treats man and machine the same way. With absolutely no respect. See the best. National champion Jeff Ward, former champion Ricky Johnson. Tickets at all Ticketmaster locations, including the Bond, Tower Records, and Video, and participating Honda dealers. The Coors Beer Supercross. And this is another opportunity for Colton Wong to, I think, right the ship to a slow start to the season. Well, yeah, he's playing his former team. He's going to be excited to play them and want to prove them wrong for, you know, trading him away, and same with Jesse Winker. So, yeah, it's going to be one of those matchups to watch for the next three days. And for those deep cutters, this is all about Wade Miley and the man, the old man. No, this is definitely the Winker. I'm going to be down there at least for one of these games. Mike and Marissa, I don't know if they listen anymore, but they're my friends that sit by there. They're the ones out there with the, the winker signs. I'm, I'm curious to see if they're going to have winker signs. I don't know. I guess you'd, for him to see it, you'd probably have to move closer to the on-deck circle. <laughs> yeah. They're going to have to write this shit in big, bold letters. Yeah. It'll be very interesting to see. I mean, which... Which 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 way the crowd's gonna go? I think he's gonna. Get, it's gonna be a mixed bag. And if you really really want to go way back, deep cut like deep arteries through your arteries into my arteries into somebody else's arteries, deep cut. This is the former Seattle Pilots. <laughs> so this is the grudge match of grudge matches. This is yes. Bud Seelig took this team after one year. Do your history, hipsters and Gen Zers. Well, they're also still calling the stadium the Electric Factory, and that was brought to you by Jesse Winker. So. He, yes. they. I mean, and they have. There's Electric Factory Glasses Night. They, I, I guess I know Ryan Divish says his biggest contribution to the team was starting a fight and ordering a pizza. I would say, uh-uh, it is... The Electric Factory name. I think that is the biggest contribution to the Mariners. Well, thanks for joining us. Yeah, and I think... And, and that's what you call a mic drop. All right, thank you again to Shelly. That's what you call a mic drop. All right, thank you again to Shelly and Daniel. What's up, Daniel? How are you guys doing? Hello. What's going on, Dan? Well, you know, I think the Mariners are doing pretty dang good. Tell us a little bit about Murphy's on 45th. So we're uh, Seattle's oldest Irish pub, uh, founded in 81. We're still going strong. Um, very family-oriented, but, you know, we have live music on Fridays, Saturdays, and a traditional Irish session on Mondays. Uh, if you love trivia, Tuesdays and Thursdays are really, really fun. Uh, packed house, get here early, starts at 7.30, but yeah, 
I'd say just overall, just a really great uh, uh, neighborhood pub that uh, serves great Irish food. Absolutely. And if they specifically want to come and see you, what days are you here? I'm always here Sunday, Monday, Tuesdays, pouring a proper pride in business. All right. All right. All right. Cheers. <laughs> Cheers. Uh, that's the plug for, for Murphy's here on 45th. Thanks again to Shelly and Phil and their other partner. Gosh, I forgot his name. He's, I know he's 100% Irish as hell. Again, thank you for listening on Odyssey or wherever else you get your podcast. And also, if you're looking for the gear, if you're looking for the gear, hit up at simply.cora. That's at simply.cora on Instagram. She will take care of you. There's more shit that we should be saying here. But Hanno, give us a good one. Give us the give us the Mariner's sweep. You know what time it is. Charge! <laughs> Thank you, Daniel. And we're out. <laughs>